Welcome to Deep Dives with ISPU, a podcast by the Institute for Social Policy and Understanding. Today, ISPU's Executive Director, Mier Nagas, is in conversation with ISPU's Research Project Manager, Aram Akramula, who serves as report co-author for our upcoming American Muslim Poll 2022. In this episode, they will review findings so far from the poll on topics such as abortion and gun control and discuss what has changed from our last poll in 2020 to this year. This is a -a one-of-a-kind sneak peek into our upcoming poll to be released in full on August 25th, which is distributed and covered widely. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Mira and Aram. My name is Mira Nagaz, and I serve as the Executive Director of ISPU. On today's episode of Deep Dives with ISPU, we're doing something a little bit different which is a completely in-house conversation about our upcoming American Muslim poll. I'm joined by our very own Erin Mikramala, one of our research project managers, to do a couple of things, to discuss the poll, to talk about what you can expect to learn from it, and to talk about some of the special data releases that we've made available ahead of our full August 25th launch. Welcome, Erin. It's really great to have you as our guest. It's great to be here. Thank you. So let's just dive right in, and perhaps I'll start by giving a little bit of background and and context. You know, 2022 marks our sixth American Muslim poll. We launched the then annual and now biennial poll in 2016, really as a way to discover the attitudes, beliefs, experiences, and practices of American Muslims, not in a vacuum, but as an integral part of America's faith landscape. In doing this, our hope was to ensure that Muslim voices and opinions were integral to every discussion and every decision. Muslims are so often a topic of conversation in the public square, but far less often have Muslims themselves been part of the conversation. And we really wanted to rectify this, to provide an objective, rigorous way to examine the issues that we cover in the poll and allow Muslim voices to truly be heard. After six years of doing this, I think we've proven that the poll is a vital vehicle for carrying Muslim voices into the halls of Congress, into classrooms, interfaith spaces, newsrooms, and so much more. You know, while this is a vital project, it is definitely not a simple exercise. So, Aram, perhaps you could start by giving us an idea about just what kind of on-the-ground work is required to make these American Muslim polls a reality? What what goes into publishing such a comprehensive analysis? Thanks, Mira. That's a really great question. And I could honestly um, probably spend hours talking. It really isn't a simple exercise. It's about implementing precise survey methodology and analysis to understand complex issues. In my role, I have firsthand experience with the project from inception to uh, dissemination and impact. Um, So from start to end. And so we start by assembling our partners and team, and that's really a critical component. So our partners range from our nationally recognized polling firm, SSRS, who we partner with to field the survey and process the data, to expert advisors who provide input into topics as well as question wording, to our analysts to glean insights and connections that we then share with our readers. Next is the painstaking process of developing the survey. And here's where I think ISPU's strength really shines. We're not coming into questionnaire development blindly or based on our own opinions or 
you know, what we think would be a great topic. Rather, as an organization with strong community partner ties with ears to the community issues and needs, uh, we also come with the foundation of previous research to build upon. We also consult subject matter experts from within the community to review and provide feedback on our topics and questions. So it's definitely an iterative process involving lots of consultation. We then spend about a month fielding, fielding the survey to Muslims, as well as other faith and non-faith groups. And this is handled by our polling partner, SSRS, who I mentioned earlier, following the latest surface survey methodology to achieve a representative sample of American Muslims and the general public. And once we have the data in-house, our analysts get to work on the process we internally call pearl diving. So we're literally combing through pages of data, diving for pearls of data, and then reviewing and shaping those gems into a, a cohesive report narrative. It's really about, it's that sort of like the fruit of all the labor that's gone before is when you get to actually go and go through the insights. Next, we produce the final report and it's a full team effort from writing, editing, creating graphs, building out our webpage and organizing dissemination events. There's so much more I can say, but I think you get the picture that it really is quite involved. And this year is the third poll that I've worked on. And in previous years, when it was an annual project, we would begin preparing for next year's poll just as the current year's uh, report was rolling out. So I think the change to, to a biennial poll gives us and our audience a chance to really digest all the important research findings. Yeah, thank you so much, Aram. Having having witnessed this soup to nuts process now six times, I can attest to the fact that <laughs> this is a really involved process uh, with so many steps along the way and really trying to ensure that everything that we are putting out into the world is accurate, rigorously, you know, analyzed um, and and helpful and relevant to the zeitgeist of the moment, right? And speaking, speaking of the zeitgeist of the moment we're living, our 2020 American Muslim poll was subtitled Amid Pandemic and Protest. This new, you know, the, the, the 2022 poll to be released in August captures our current moment in time, two years into the pandemic, during an election year, and at a pretty tumultuous time in a lot of different ways. What are some of the changes that we've made or that you've made uh, between this 2020 poll and the 2022 poll to move with the times and really speak of this moment that we're living. To answer the first part about sort of what changes have been made, I really, uh, going off of the last point I made, I think that that change from an annual to a biennial poll is really significant for a couple of reasons. It, uh, it allowed us time to dig into the 2020 research findings and not only share them, but to discuss the implications of the findings with leading experts. It also freed up our own capacity con to conduct and complete other research projects that then inform this poll, right? So we're, we always try to build off of current research findings in new projects that we do. And finally, related to that point, it also gave us time to engage with the community and participate in forums and discussions that gave us insight into topics and questions for this year's poll. So specific to 2022, I feel like this year's poll is a reflection of where ISPU is as an organization. And what I mean is that we're celebrating our 20th anniversary this year, and our, and our team has been reflecting on how when ISPU 
was founded after 9-11, much of the research was to provide rigorous research about who American Muslims are or are not. And now we're at a place where we have the foundation of previous research and existing partnerships to study American Muslim experiences and opinions about our current tumultuous times. It feels like we've sort of reached a place that our founders dreamed about when they established ISPU, and now is our time to sort of dream ahead for the next 20 years. So specifically in 2022, we added questions about several topics our nation is facing, as you mentioned. So for example, COVID-19 vaccine uptake, which I know feels like a discussion from ages ago, but it's still relevant. And it is quite, you know, that discussion is quite recent and is ongoing. Views about the legality of abortion, views about gun control laws, uh, views about climate change and potential solutions to climate change, views about divestment movements, We also ask about experiences with voter suppression. We also expand upon previous topics. You know, for for two of our past polls, we've asked about, we've asked Muslim parents about if they have a child who's experienced religious-based bullying. And so this year, we kind of added some nuance to that question by asking about cyberbullying. This sort of takes me to my next question, actually, a perfect segue. Um, You mentioned some of these hot button topics, right? Things like climate change, gun control laws. And, you know, when we were preparing this poll, we may have known that those issues have been long running topics of interest to voters, but I don't know that we knew that they would be so immediately relevant. And in response to this, you know, the current American social and political climate and, and recent events, We have been sharing early data releases of 2020 poll findings ahead of the the full launch because they feel especially relevant to what's happening around us. We've published new research on on the legality of abortion, gun control, vaccines, and uh, BDS, as you just mentioned. Can you talk us through the decision-making involved in these releases and, and what some of the impact might have been in releasing this early data around the times of these momentous events? Yeah. So as you mentioned, when we developed the survey, we knew topics um, you know, that I just mentioned earlier or, or that you just mentioned as well, such as abortion, gun control, climate change would be relevant because it's, you know, we have the midterm elections coming up this year. So we, you know, that's a year that hot button issues are are often discussed. And so in our mind, these would all be important topics to include in the report to be released in August, right? So just a few months ahead of the election. The only really planned planned early release was the data about vaccine uptake and reasons for vaccine hesitancy. We previously published data about vaccine uptake in 2021. But with vaccines still, you know, such a strong tool in our continued fight against COVID, we understood the urgency in providing public health professionals uh, with the latest data, especially about hesitancy, which is sort of a new component that wasn't um, that we didn't have data about before. And so these data in terms of impact, those data were immediately shared with public health advocacy groups, um, such as the American Muslim Health Professionals and also government agencies like the Department of Health and Human Services, as well as national research coalitions um, who appreciated the fact that ISPU's research completed the missing puzzle piece on COVID research among faith groups in America by providing that piece of of why, you know, we, we already had some data about 
the percent who did not uh, get a vaccine shot. But this question of why is where that missing puzzle piece that we were able to fill in. For the other pieces, you know, unfortunately, in the spring, events such as the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the leaked draft majority opinion of the Supreme Court that would overturn Roe Roe v. Wade and a string of mass shootings occurred. And we simply could not sit on data that sheds light on American Muslim opinions about these important national events and conversations. And I think our reasoning really goes right back to our mission to provide objective research and education about American Muslims to support well-informed dialogue and decision making. You know, these are issues that American Muslims are as impacted, you know, just as just as all other Americans are. So our voice should be included in these dialogues. You know, just another point about impact, uh, when we release the we release the data about American views about the legality of abortion the very same week that the Supreme Court draft opinion was leaked. And we saw immediate impact. We briefed a large group of organizations who engage in reproductive health and Muslim communities and added insight for journalists covering faith groups' views on abortions during a critical moment in the conversation. So you know, as a project manager, I love sticking to our timelines. And our timeline was to, you know, release these uh, with the August 25th report release, but really the impact overshadowed sticking to a timeline, obviously. And so um, I'm so glad that we were able to include our data in these conversations. Yeah, it's been pretty, it's been pretty amazing how relevant this 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 research was, um, and we were all just so compelled to release the information that we had. It it almost felt like a moral imperative that we yeah. could sit on it, right? Knowing that it was there, um, and and we worked really hard to analyze it very quickly and pull together these pieces to speak to the moment um, and allow those conversations to be better informed. You know, when I, whenever we get our, the sort of raw numbers back from SSRS at the end of the the fielding period, I mean, you know, Aram, I'm always so excited to to get the full report and really dive into the numbers because it's just so fascinating, right? And as you mentioned before, I mean, what I do, and I think what the entire team does is really go diving for these pearls, right? You, you get this um, I don't know, 50, 60 page report. And it's just so exciting to try to find those, those golden nuggets. And um, so I'm sure that you feel the same way as a report co-author and you're so intimately familiar with the polls that you've worked on. So I wonder if you could share maybe one or two findings um, that we've published recently from this 2022 poll that either surprised, surprised you or moved you in some way. There were definitely a, a couple that that really did move me. I think you know most recently we published uh, a report uh, which found that the the majority of Americans, you know, no matter their opinion about the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement directed towards Israel, no matter what how Americans view support, whether they're in support or not in support of that movement, we find that the majority of Americans find laws that uh, penalize people for participating in that movement uh, to be unconstitutional. 
And this really reflects what America is all about. You know, it's a place where people can hold differing opinions about an issue, but come to a general consensus about what is just and fair. You know, in short, it shows that we can live up to our overarching values as a nation, even on issues where we may disagree. So I, I found that to be particularly moving and hopeful. You know, it's always great to find to come across findings that give you hope. I was also particularly moved by the data we provided on reasons for vaccine hesitancy among those uh, who hadn't yet received a COVID-19 vaccine shot. You know, we found that American Muslims were mostly on par with the general public uh, with the reasons they gave. And these data are so compelling because they provide families and health professionals a path forward from stalled conversations around vaccine uptake. And I know it feels ages ago, as I mentioned before, but it, it really wasn't that long ago when we were having to navigate how to interact and meet with and maintain ties with family and friends who you know, may have decided not to get a vaccine. And the data that we publish provides space to start conversations about understanding the why, rather than perhaps simply telling people they're wrong. Um, I also wanted to add that these data are still so relevant. We're on the cusp of a vaccine available for children under five, which is which is just so huge. There's so many families that are still impacted by not being able to have their whole family vaccinated. And come the new school year this fall and cold season and flu season, though we'll, though we're in a new phase, we'll still be grappling with COVID nineteen. So I think you know there's so much value to these data. Yeah, I could I couldn't agree more. And just, you know, in my um, privileged viewpoint of having seen the research that we'll be publishing in August, I know that there are a lot more pearls to come. <laughs> these are these are drawn from the ones we've already released. And of course, um, we can't wait to share the the additional pearls with all of you uh, in August when we release the full the full poll. And speaking of that, you know, what is your hope, I guess, for the American Muslim poll, both this year and just generally, in terms of how it's used, what people get out of it? What do you hope that the impact of you know this research actually is on the world? Yeah, I'm. I'm with. I'm so excited to release the full report in August. Um, American Muslim Poll. It's really a tool for everyone. As we've discussed, the poll covers a wide range of topics that everyone from Muslim community leaders, policymakers, allies, parents and families, advocates and more will find useful data to inform their decisions and, and conversations. And my hope is that the data are truly valued and used, you know, as we've been combing through and analyzing the data this spring, especially the early release pieces, I took a few minutes to step back and reflect on the privilege we have at ISPU to work on this project. I remember, you know, starting out my research career, um, I started, you know, I worked as a data analyst on large nationally representative data sets. And I often found myself wondering and dreaming, uh, you know, on different topics that I was analyzing, what do American Muslims say about such and such issue? Or I wish we had data at this level for American Muslims. And now to be sitting here in conversation with you about such data that exists that we get to work on, um, it's really just a privilege. And, I, and I, it's so valuable. And I hope that our audience and readers will agree. Um, I, I could not agree more. I, you know, speaking from someone who uses this data all the time, I feel like I now have 
five years, soon to be six uh, years of American Muslim poll research in my back pocket at any one, at any one time, ready to pull out in any conversation. And I use this data, you know, more than I can count, right? It, it comes in handy so often because these issues are real and they're timely and they're relevant and they come up in both personal and professional settings. And so mm-hmm. having this available at our fingertips is, is just truly phenomenal. So thank you for all the work that you do to, to put this out into the world, as well as the rest of the team, most notably Dalia Magahed and Yusuf Shahoud, uh, but everyone at Kat Copeland, everyone who works on this. Rebecca Green, sorry, I'm going to forget a million people, but it's really, it's truly a team effort. It really is, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's so vital. I, I just can't stress how vital this actually is. So thank you so much, Aaron, for joining me to discuss this uh, upcoming American Muslim Poll to share some early insights. For those of you listening, we will be sharing more about the American Muslim Poll 2022 in the coming months. And as I mentioned before, the full report will be launched on August 25th. So mark your calendars and get ready to dive into the pearls just as we have. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Deep Dives with ISPU. Thanks to Miera and Iram for their unique insights on ISPU's landmark publication, The American Muslim Poll 2022. The report will be released in full on August 25th. You can find all of our early data releases, graphs, methodology, and team members at ispu.org. This won't be the last time you hear about the poll on Deep Dives with ISPU, and we look forward to recording future conversations as we approach the poll launch. To stay up to date on poll announcements and other ISPU research, follow us on social media and sign up for our newsletter. We're on Twitter and Facebook at the ISPU on Instagram at the underscore ISPU. And our newsletter sign up is at ispu.org backslash sign dash up. Thanks for tuning in.